Back in the day, I used to present a radio show on Yukon's Pugs Radio, and it was absolutely brilliant. Even though I'm not coming back to present the show for another series, what we thought we'd do is reissue all of the rip ticket shows that went out with me at the helm here on Talking Smith About Film, giving you lots of reviews that you've probably never heard before. This week, it's a big Ukraine loving. Me and my co-host Liam Murphy were joined by someone who had gone to become the editor-in-chief of Post Media. That's right, Gemma Nettle joined us in studio for a, for a very special, spoilerific, detailed special, delving a little bit deeper into the world of Endgame. Portugal Gaman with Felix Still here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is three minutes past one on Friday the 3rd of May. Welcome to this week's show. It was a fun night at the Union Awards yesterday. We might not have won, but we do have, I'd, I'd argue, an award-winning lineup. Obviously, we have Liam Murphy back. Hi, uh, guys. It's uh, good to have you back after uh, not being here last week. Yeah. And we have a very special guest. She is a film critic. She's a journalism student. She's the host of Rewind here on Pulse Radio. Welcome to the Rip Ticket Show, Gemma Nettle. Hi, nice to... It's good to be here. I know. <laughs> it, it, it's the first time we've actually had three people run Rip Ticket Show, so hopefully this, this goes very well. Obviously, we are, this is kind of a spoiler special, so <laughs> we're going to do the first half of the show entirely spoiler-free, because we know we want to give something for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch Avengers Endgame yet. Uh, but, of course, Liam will be giving his thoughts on the film. Gemma will be giving her thoughts on the film as well. Obviously, if you weren't listening last week, myself and Mr Carver reviewed the film we both I gave it a masterpiece he gave it go out and see it now so we had very differing opinions uh, obviously the important bit of news uh, in terms of the um, Avengers how is it done at the box office because obviously it is on track to make two billion dollars globally um, but in terms of the UK box office there has been a lot going on and me and Liam have, of course, Jenna being a guest here, me and Liam do a feature every week uh, where we run down the top ten of the box office, so I believe you have some of the figures, I have some of the figures. So, let's get on with it. Do you want to take odds or do you want to take evens? I'll take evens. Uh, you take the evens, so that means you are starting with number ten. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your UK box office top ten. Take it away, Liam. So at number 10 we've got 8th grade uh, It's rated in 144k uh, Really good film as well We reviewed it last week on the Rip Ticket Show I said it was a worth a watch film So if you want to go back and listen to it You can catch that on demand At 9 is Greta It has done £157,000 It is a very independent, art housey sort of release Not many cinemas here in Preston have got it So we can't really give you much in terms of opinion at eighth, we've got Missing Link. Uh, it's rated in £166,000. And considering like us past work, it is underperforming, which is a real, real, real shame. At seven is Wild Rose. I'm very glad that this film has been doing as well as it has. It's a Glaswegian take on A Star Is Born. It's got Jesse Buckley in it. It's got Julie Walters in it. It's a brilliant British film. 
and it has done £197,000. And considering not many cinemas have been able to show it with the might of Avengers Endgame taking over screens, that is incredibly impressive. Number six, Liam. At six, we've got Captain Marvel. It's still clinging to the midpoint uh, with £386,000. Very, very good for Captain Marvel indeed. At four, oh no, at five, is Shazam. Still hanging around. £398,000 made. Still attracting a lot of audiences, which is very impressive. At four, we've got Red John. It's brought in £420,000. And with the heavyweight pairing of Judi Dench and Sophie Cookson from the Kingsman films, you can understand why. At three, hanging around pretty well, is Wonder Park with £454,000. Liam? And at two, two. we've got Dumbo uh, with £1,000,000. And unsurprisingly, your UK and Ireland box office number one is a brand new entry. It has made a whopping £43.4 million at the box office. 2.2 million tickets sold. It is surprisingly Avengers Endgame. It has done insane business. Sellouts all over the shop. On track to break $2 billion globally. And considering that it's 10 years since all of this universe began. That kind of gets me thinking. Our have a bit, we'll have a bit of a chat. Our highlights of the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. It's been 10 years since Iron Man came out. 10 years ago yesterday, actually. Uh, so, Liam, we'll start with you. Uh, your mem- memories of the Marvel Cinematic Universe building up to Endgame. Well, it obviously all started with Iron Man. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, it's, and from then on, the balls just kept rolling. Yeah. Every year we've had a major release and... I just think it's brilliant. The first Avengers film wowed me. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was criticised by some because of the direction mm. it was taken, uh, but I loved it. Um, and it's kept up with the same theme ever since. Yeah, I, I, I think me and Gemma can sort of echo the same sentiments. Obviously, we've kind of covered the, uh, these films in depth as well in our respective film yeah. critic careers over the years. Uh, I think Gemma, so obviously, uh, what, what your thoughts on the MCU? So well, I got into the MCU quite late in the game. Yeah, so did I. I got, <laughs> Guardians was my first. Was it? Yeah. That's crazy. I, uh, Avengers, the first Avengers yeah. was my first, and I couldn't fathom what I was seeing. Honestly, like it's such a massive deal in cinema but I didn't know it at the time and yet mm. I was wowed yeah. by all of these characters coming together and then I went back and I went through yeah. them all as much as I could I only watched although I only watched Captain America the first Avenger the other day <laughs> <laughs> before a- before Endgame because I yeah it's oh, yeah but before Endgame it, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that when Iron Man was made 10 years ago he, he was a B-list character for Marvel not one of their well-known characters obviously they'd farmed out all of the main rights to Sony yeah. and, and Universal and Fox respectively in fact, of course the X-Men Fantastic Four Spider-Man yeah. Spider-Man obviously yeah. they've, they've got the rights back to them now yeah That's, that kind of tells you everything about how this universe has come about I mean for me coming in at Guardians sort of seeing how this universe has evolved Obviously, Guardians was one of the lighter films. Obviously, we could have been hits, could have been misses. I mean, obviously, Forward Art World didn't do as well critically as it. As it I know. Messy, yeah. Controversial. I mean, uh, me and Mr. Carve were sort of chatting about it last week. Uh, could have been hits, could have been misses. Uh, but uh, every single time Marvel have been able to sort of make these films work, they've been able to sort of devote a good amount of time to their fan base. And mm. as, he, as Mr. Carver quite really said last week, it's got to a point now where these films aren't relying as much on comics anymore. You don't have to know. The, sort of the specifics you just go in you know these characters you've built up these relationships with them for the last 11 years obviously that's what make that's what makes Endgame uh, Endgame works that's as much as I can say without without spoiling it and we will 
we'll be divulging some very juicy details later on <laughs> in the show. So, but don't worry, when we do get to that, we will let you know when we'll be mm. going going a little bit crazy. We're not. <laughs> uh, we, we won't be going full Tom Holland, i.e., giving away the ending because that would be cruel. <laughs> Tom Holland yeah. <laughs> well, or, that, Mark or Mark Ruffalo. Actually, <laughs> that, that does actually sort of the quality talent that Marvel been able to bring on as well. So we've had the reinvention of Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo becoming a mainstream success. Mm. Obviously. It gave birth to Chris Pratt's Hollywood career as well. This universe has had more of an impact on the industry than anything else. I, I yeah. can vouch for that, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, because when Robert Downey Jr. was cast, I was talking about this with my behind-the-scenes team the other night, he was, sort of, he was unemployable at the time. He, he was. Yeah, it was very much a lifeline for him. It was a lifeline. Yeah, I'm, he actually said, Iron Man saved his life. Yeah. And you can tell that he's, like, every day, he's so thankful for the role. And you can tell, like, for the press he did for Endgame, you can tell he doesn't want to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can tell he loves the character, and it's, yeah. obviously it's, um, he embodies the character. It, he, he, you can't... He's irreplaceable. You can't see you can't anyone else him, yeah. as Iron Man. It, it's a bit like with Hugh Jackman as well. You can't really mm. unsee. I, I think I, both Hugh Jackman and Robert Downey Jr. have been the MVPs for like, the superhero mm. franchise. Obviously, now that Disney have got the rights back to the X-Men. And, of course, we've got Dark Phoenix coming out in June, mm-hmm. uh, which and I can say tickets are on sale at some cinemas. I can get away with saying that. Okay. Um, but with Dark Phoenix coming out in June, it's, it's an interesting time for the genre, I think, mm. because there's going to be a time of transition. Mm. Obviously, we've got X-Men, we've got Spider-Man Far From Home on July 2nd. It's been moved forward a couple of days here in the UK, which is really lovely. Very exciting. Um, it's out a couple of days for my birthday, too, which is re- <gasps> really kind of Sony. Lovely birthday treat, yeah. Lovely birthday treat. <laughs> I will be watching it on the birthday marriage. As I usually do, uh, but these next couple of uh, months, years of a superhero film are going to be quite interesting. Obviously, we've got we've got some news for, like, surrounding so what, some of the contracts that the Marvel cast members have signed. Uh, mm. We're talking about that in the film news rundown. But obviously, um, our MVP character-wise, uh, without spoiling Endgame, again, we'll get to that. Best characters that we've had so far. I think for me, I can totally. See, I have to say, Groot. I have to say, Groot. Vindy's or work workers Groot was really just three simple words. Yet the amount of tone and emotion he can convey in it. But I'm pe- doing that purely for the banter. You tell the guy who's going to bring more credible views into this. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, oh, MVPs. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, without... I'm, I don't want to go with the traditional Iron Man and Captain America, but, I mean, it's so hard not to. It's hard, yeah. Because, I, I mean, Iron Man... They literally built that universe around right? Literally. Yeah. And he was... They were the two first for me. They were the two first, and I, I can't, I can't say anyone else without feeling guilty. <laughs> well, wait for it, and then we will. When we get to the spoiler bit, I think you'll be able to say without yeah. guilt. Uh, Liam, what about you? MVP or the MCU? Am I allowed to say Nebula? Oh, <laughs> and, well, she had a hell of a role in Guardians too. That's all we can say at yeah. this moment yeah. in time. I was going to say, be careful. Be very, very, <laughs> very careful, man. I'm, tre- I'm tre- treading very carefully. We don't want, like I say, we don't want a Tom Hogan situation <laughs> where he accidentally leaked the Endgame post. Although, actually, let's be honest, that was more of a publicity stunt than anything else. <laughs> Danger to himself. Danger yeah. to himself. Well, could be worse. He could have leaked the first ten minutes of Full Ragnarok. I was, <laughs> about, to, I was yeah. about to say. <laughs> Leaving his uh, leaving his live feed on and uh, getting told off by that was a, that's a funny story. Just the press tours. So as sort of consumers, uh, we've watched this universe unfold over the last sort of ten years. I'm actually kind of sad to sort of see the end of this current era. Obviously, like, we've got a couple more films in phase three, but it's. It's upsetting. It, it is upsetting. It's, I mean, obviously... Uh, it's the end of an era. It, it really is the end of an era. As I said when I reviewed Endgame solo last week, 
There are moments in Endgame where you'll laugh. There are moments in Endgame that you will cry. But it does feel like a fitting season finale. A I proper agree. TV series yeah. finale. Where you can close the book if you want to. Yeah. You can leave it if you want. If well, you think that's it for, yeah. you know... You, you well, could just leave it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know a lot of people were a little bit tuned out when they realised that Captain Marvel was going to be a thing. Yeah, which is controversial. Which is, and it was one of the best, one of the better solo films. Captain Marvel was one of the better solo films in my eyes. Did you think that? Because it broke the convention a little bit more. In what way? Uh, because for a start, we had first female superhero film. Okay. Uh, it had it was set in the nineties, so a good bit of nostalgia, capitalising on what Guardians of the Galaxy did so well. Mm. And thirdly, it was more because they actually managed to perfect the CG a little bit more. I mean, they digitally de-aged Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He's seventy years old, and yet he looked—he didn't look a day over forty in Captain Marvel. Wait, he's seventy. Yeah, he's seventy years he's old. Not, he's not seventy. He is seventy yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Sorry, can I take a minute? <laughs> can I step outside? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, that was my reaction when I found out yeah, as well. It was Mr. Garvey who told me that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like that film. I, I, oh. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I mean, it's, uh, as you've heard it, it's still hanging around in the box office. It's it still is. in the top, top ten. It's it doing is. great business. Obviously, it's not playing as well as Shazam has been playing, but... Shazam. That was good. <laughs> but oh, that does raise a question. Now that Marvel have done, can DC sort of come in and sort of reclaim their crown? Maybe. Mate, I mean, obviously... Uh, there's room. Okay, there's room, obviously. I'm, I'm a big fanboy for Christopher Nogan Dark Knight films. But then there's mm. that. If Marvel's taking a step back, will they have that same competitive Yeah. Pitch? Will they mm. yeah. still be trying to bring it as much, you know? Because... Um, but Shazam, like, we were talking about... We were talking about on April 12th, yeah. yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't go into the film expecting mm. to enjoy it. Um, it was I, a step in the right yeah, direction it for was, DC. yeah. I mean, obviously, now that we know that sort of DC going down that lighter path, they've obviously learned from the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, they've yeah. learned from the success of Thor Ragnarok. It's got to a point now where, for, the, for, for us customers, we've got so much choice. Are we going to suffer superhero fatigue? Because obviously, mm. we've had 10 years of this genre now. Yeah. Are we going to suffer a little bit too much? Because everyone's trying to get in on the piece of the action now. We've got all these origin exactly. stories. Obviously, with, uh, with Disney Plus being a very real thing at the end of the year, mm. all the TV series that we've got coming in. Are we getting to a point now where the superhero genre can just die down for a, for at least a year and then come back? I think more. I think we need some time, you know? Yeah. It, I think for, it's been so full on for the last 10 plus years that I think it is very easy to get superhero fatigue. I find myself going to these films, I'm like, oh, it's another superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't realise it. And then I'm thinking, oh, I've gone to see so many. Am I seeing any films <laughs> other than superhero genre anymore? It's it's tiring, and I think the problem with DC is they rushed it. Yeah, they saw the success that Marvel had, and then they decided they just went Justice League. Yeah, let's do that because that will emanate. That will be the the Avengers. Yeah, and it will get the same success, but they rushed it completely. Yeah, yeah, rather than taking the baby steps that mm, Marvel took exactly. with building up an origin story for each individual character before like this big. This big culmination of 22 yeah. films, yeah. so many storylines. I think, again, we'll, so we'll delve into the details of that plot in a little bit, but I think that's where Endgame really did come alive, so like the, the culmination of everything, mm. knowing full well that this could very well be the moment that the superhero genre gets vindicated, this could be the moment where it could die. There's a lot riding on the success of this film, and obviously and with 43 million made at the box office, and the latest stat that came in about uh, an hour ago from, from the uh, box office people, uh, it is on track to outgross Infinity War in its second weekend. It's already a million ahead of Infinity War in, 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 early, in its early stage going into the second weekend. 
it's the second session is gonna, so it's going to be interesting I mean the, the rumour is it's going to be a 60% drop on the first week and considering that it was a 43 million opening weekend because I, I do I, I'm like a big nerd for the box office figures every week <laughs> considering it made 43 million on its opening weekend a 60% drop will still secure the number one for a second week based on yeah. the, based on the, the new openings today so that's I, scary that is very scary and of course with the Disney deal complete they own everything now so I know I mean <laughs> it's just like totalitarian like over the <laughs> film industry it's scary it's a, it's a shame for original films but at the end of the day customers are being able to enjoy these films for what they're worth as a pure piece of escapism and that's, mm. the, that's the aim of cinema at the end of the day it's a that's piece true. of escapism a piece of entertainment we don't people can take it seriously people don't take it seriously but at the end of the day it's just going into a darkened room for a few hours escaping from the outside world for a bit and then just thinking that was actually a pretty good film mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this show's been built upon for the last since October yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah the MCU it's going to be sad to see it go and obviously um, in about 20 minutes from now we're going to be going deep into spoiler territory so I'm actually quite excited because I've not been able to say anything about the plot for two weeks now <laughs> I've been restraining myself <laughs> been physically restraining myself I mean I've chatted about it because uh, he might work at the local cinema even though they've not been allowed to say anything about the film to, to customers really? even, though, even though they got to see it early they saw it mm. uh, they, they got to see it a couple of days well they sent it on Monday actually it's a frustrating it's a frustra- yeah it's a frustrating thing in, uh, especially in this industry right so we will get a song on we will be back with the usual film news rundown uh, Gemma was saying as we were going on air uh, we, we spotted hooked on a feeling on our on Myriad here <laughs> so we figured seeing as this is our kind of retrospective look back at the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the spoiler special I think and also it's a, it's a classic tune let's be real Obviously. it is a classic yeah. tune let's have a bit of hooked on a feeling by Blue Swede from Guardians of the Galaxy still to come on the Rip Ticket Show Film News Rundown TV Movie Week and then nothing but spoilers get ready people so if you haven't seen Endgame you've got another I don't know 20 minutes or so of us then you can go and listen to a show on demand or something like that <laughs> uh, but we, we've, we have taken into account everyone who's seen the film so we are prepared this is the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio we'll be back after this Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede here on the Rip Ticket Show on Pulse Radio with myself Jack Smith Gemma Nettle and Liam Murphy so we are got another 8 minutes before we delve deep into the spoiler territory but of course as is the case here on Rip Ticket, uh, we do have to get some some of the big film news out of the way. So, guys, what do we got this week? Uh, Sonic trailer that came out yesterday. What do we think? Ooh, <laughs> we made the same noise. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, I'm not familiar, completely familiar with the source material, but. I heard, I know that a lot of people are disappointed. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the backlash has been that bad that they're actually going to be going ahead and redesigning the character. The director that. put a tweet out this morning saying, look, we hear you, we, we know you're not happy, we're going to make sure that this film is perfect. And obviously it's coming out in America in November, but it's got it's got a death slot here in the UK because it's opening on Boxing Day against oh. Star Wars and Cats. Oh, do, you not, no. do you not think if, they're gonna, if they have to take steps like that, it's already set up for failure? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's just—I feel well, like it's just gonna. Uh, the slot it's taken in America, though, is the same slot that Venom took last year. So, right. so you can tell a film's gonna be bad when a film takes even <laughs> the August slot or the November <laughs> slot, because that's when Dora and the, the Dora the Explorer films out. That's out in August. Uh, Peter Mayhew, fortunately, passed away last yeah. night. The, mm. the man who brought us Chewbacca to the Star Wars universe. It's a real shame. He, yeah. He's had a seventy-year career in this industry. He's, uh, obviously, the, the character will live on. 
but it's just sad to see the, the original man go, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, you put on Facebook, you were the one who actually told me about it there. Yeah. Yeah, in the early, uh, I was up late last night and I noticed on my feed. Yeah, mm. the, the news broke late last night after yeah. the, the Union Awards. Yeah. I saw it, yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has re-signed with Marvel. He signed a new multi-film deal. Unbelievable! Quite out of left field. We thought he was. He thought he we was thought retiring. He was we thought he was done. Yeah. But obviously, uh, we can't tell you the film he's going to be starring in. But uh, we will be able to tell you about it in a few, in a few minutes from now. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Worst Flying on Three has been delayed to 2021. Understandable. No. Understandable. The last one had quite a few problematic issues. A lot of people weren't Definitely. happy with the twist. Uh, so we're going to take time to ref- uh, refine the script. Obviously, J.K. Rowling wants that film to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. Yeah. It, performed, it was an underwhelming film in terms of the box office revenue. Uh, in TV news, and kind of linked to the big screen, people have been kicking off about the cinematography in Game of Thrones on Sunday nights. People were complaining it was too dark. To, to that I say, that's why cinema exists. It was shot in 4K, massed in 4K, that's why you watch it on a big screen, perfectly calibrated with the surround sound. Mm. In complete darkness. In complete darkness, <laughs> yeah. It was a dark episode, don't get me wrong. Uh, of, and of course, like I say, the major news that we mentioned at the top of the show, Avengers is on track to be a $2 billion film. Will it be the Avatar killer? That's the big thing. Will it be the Avatar killer? Mm, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. It's just... It's it's hard to say. Yeah. It's it, hard it, to it's say. It's hard to say at least. Because this it's stage. the end of a series. It's the end of a series. Yeah. Whereas Avatar was its whole... It was a new thing. It was a new thing. And obviously yeah, Avatar was... had the advantage because it's the very first 3D film that was released on a mm. wide scale. Because I know at the local cinema here, they converted their big screens 3D around the time Avatar came out. So obviously Disney own Avatar now because it's a Fox film. Mm-hmm. So I think what, well, however Avengers does, it's, it will be the biggest film of the year without question mm-hmm. until Star Wars comes out and obviously does it does a decent job but not enough to outgross it. Uh, but I think for me, I think Avatar could very well be dethroned because audiences mm. don't really want to have the, uh, the threat of another James Cameron film slapped on them. Uh, obviously Avengers also has... Ticket prices have gone up since then. It's had... Premium large formats. It's had your IMAXs, your 4DXs, your super screens, your Dolby Atmoses, all the, all the, the gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know one particular cinema chain have sort of doubled down on, and I made a joke about it in my YouTube series the other day, and that went down well. Um, but I know Avengers has a very good chance. Obviously, uh, the, the statistic from America came through: eighty-five percent of audiences uh, coming in this week are repeat customers for America. Second viewings. Second viewings. I know some of my friends have seen it four times already. I can't say I'm surprised. I think I'm going tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would go tonight, but I'm, I'm a little bit busy. But it's, it's a three-hour film, Jenna. It's a three-hour film. But I have to see it again. <laughs> oh, nearly killed me off. <laughs> I know, but I need to like take in the detail. I mean, I'm prepared this time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I was I said at ten at twenty past ten on a, on, the, on the opening morning, and that show was sold out. There was like yeah. two or three seats left very early on Thursday morning, and it, it was the same pretty much nationally. I've seen a lot of tweets. Uh, a funny little story. I know some some, uh, some people were complaining about the lack of air conditioning in their, their end game showings. You need it for a film like that. Yeah, well, uh, something you don't need air conditioning for. Segway TV movie of the week. It's <laughs> a fantastic segue. Oh, oh it's fa- and Liam already knows what it's going to be, and of, of, it, it's because it, we were chatting about um, this a couple of weeks back. We did our big sort of preview for the next couple of months ahead, and I know you're particularly excited about the upcoming release in this in this particular franchise. Liam, what is our TV movie of the week? It is John Wick. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh. It is on this Monday. It is a bank holiday Monday film, nine o'clock on Five Star. Take away, Liam. Why is it our TV movie of the week? It is because it's, it's a good film, first of all. Yeah, um, I think when the film came out, it, it 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 didn't. I don't think the producers expected it to be as successful as it was. It wasn't an overly. The plot wasn't too um, thought out, but it was it was quite simplistic in its nature, and it it was just action packed from start to finish, mm. and all viewers love things like that and th- I think the fact that it's garnered a sequel from two sequels two, well two sequels yeah The Return of the Boogeyman uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so chapter two is going out and of course uh, chapter three comes out on May 15th yeah. and we'll be reviewing that one on May 17th programme uh, because we're organised like yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah so John Wick is our TV movie of the week uh, and so we, we shall play a song and then <sighs> welcome to the spoiler club it is, it is uh, it's very uh, and I've, 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 there's like a song here and I, I want to play it because it, it, it will pop the film production lot I work with so I work with a friend of mine called Ed Greenberg he's been like a key force behind Rip Ticket for the last couple of months if he's listening he is going to get a kick out of this because this is his favourite film of all time it's my <gasps> favourite film of all time as well same <laughs> same sorry See, I, I only met Gemma for the first time last night I know this is crazy this is, it's almost like she's been born to be on this show <laughs> so we shall be back after a little bit of Huey Lewis in the news this is The Power of Love absolute classic tune we shall be back with more of Ticket Show and we'll be delving into the spoilers after this Huey Lewis and the news with the power of love here on Pulse Radio it is the Rip Ticket Show it's just gone 33 minutes past one now this is this is a moment I've been kind of looking forward to for, <laughs> for a little while now because I've been sort of deliberately making sure that I've not given any plot details away obviously Liam hasn't had a chance to review the film yet so just to make sure that you are all very much aware. Spoilers incoming! Yes, it is finally time. So, for our second round of Avengers Endgame coverage, Mr. Liam Murphy here will be leading the review. Obviously, if you want to hear myself and Mr. Carver's full thoughts, you can go and listen to the show on demand, and you can find that on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash ripped ticket show, and twitter.com forward slash ripped underscore ticket. Usually I do that at the end of the show, but I thought I might plug it now. <laughs> uh, so, this is it, round two of coverage. Uh, you all know what's coming. This is the trailer for Avengers Endgame. That seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man, realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. we can do is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over I saw all these people die I keep telling everybody they should move on some do. But not us. 
even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Like this one. <laughs> I think four kind of embodies my views on the film anyway, but of course it's not, <laughs> it's not about me today, it's about Liam and Gemma. So guys, take it away. What, what are your thoughts on Avengers Endgame? And you can say, you can spoil it because we have given the warning. I mean, what can I say? That first act just blew me away. I mm. didn't expect it to go down like that. The, the whole Thanos... Situation, yeah. The, the way the way they handled the Thanos situation. Yeah. There was a lot of talk going into the film, sort of knowing how do they get around it. Of course, he's wiped out. So if you haven't already, well, you know the plot by now. Yeah. Half half of humanity snapped. Uh, Avengers tried to sort of go after him one last time by any means necessary. Um, obviously, the, the whole Thanos situation. Uh, there was a lot of concern about how they'd handle the character this time round. Mm. Obviously. We've seen him at his worst. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you quite rightly mentioned that first act. Quite a dramatic sort of twist. Mm. But it drove home like the hopelessness of the situation. Yeah. Mm. Like you definitely felt like, how on earth are they? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you just—it's it, like you hit a wall. Yeah. And the characters hit a wall, and you saw that, and it was amazing to see because a lot of people have been complaining that it was a short like it it was too long it was too long late preamble yeah but I thought it was necessary yeah I Uh, thought to develop the characters and make sure that you know because it's not like it happens and the next movie it's like let's sort it out you know (laughs) it's like you have that lasting impact yeah, at the start of the film. Obviously, as we've said, this is this is the conclusion of eleven years of storylines, twenty-two films. So obviously, having that first hour sort of solely dedicated to how they actually had to go out and get Thanos this time around mm. is a, it's a proper free act structure. And Mr. Carver mentioned it in his review last week. This free act structure kind of works to the film's advantage a little bit. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know that you've got the dark stuff in the first act, you've got the lighter stuff in the second, act, and then you have your big piece of cinematic here, your, your Lord of the Rings moment, so to speak. Yeah. In your third act, where you resolve your, yeah. your narrative, resolve. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, oh, we've seen we've seen this sort of coming up. We, it's been kind. Of, obviously, Sony did spoil the fate of Spider Man because obviously he's got his own solo film coming out in July. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, although they they were very wisely, I noticed on the trailers they didn't act on the moment where he gets his passport. They didn't put the year on. Oh, that's smart. That's a very smart move. And of course, that trailer came out not long after the first Endgame trailer came out, mm. so they knew. They knew very well. So, obviously, um, direction. Uh, what do we think? Russell Brothers did nailed it again? I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've nailed it. Yeah, obviously, um, it, it, it's a three, hour, three hours and 57 seconds exactly. Uh, 
I mean, it's very it was precise. very weird. Well, that's, that's actually what it says on the site. Uh, but it is a, a film where it's a free episode, so you've got to get the pacing right. And I thought mm. it got, got sort of a general general feel of it. Like it was a. It didn't feel like three hours. Did not feel no. like three hours at all. No, especially, especially by, by the end of that first, I was like, "What? This is only been going for like half an hour or so." so. Yeah, I had that exact same feeling. Like exact same feeling. And I know a lot of people sort of worried for sort of cinema business like, oh, it's a three hour film, how are we going to fit as many showings as we can in? Obviously, single screen cinemas are like kind of screwed if they mm. can't, can't get the showings in. I mean, there's a, there's a place I'm going to in a couple of weeks' time with just a one screen site. They've, they've got Endgame booked in and they've been lucky to get it on two shows a day. Wow. But everyone will have seen it by then. So. <laughs> uh, but obviously, Russo's did a good job. I think the script was pretty good as well. Uh, written really mm, well. Written really well for the characters. I mean, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, they've been Marvel's resident scribes since Winter Soldier. Mm. So they know these characters well. And sure, they might not treat some characters the way that we would have liked. Mm. Knowing full well that other writers... I mean, obviously, James Gunn has been protective of his Guardians characters. I don't know, Edgar Wright was involved in Ant-Man once upon a time. Really? Yeah, he was, he, he was down to direct Ant-Man, but then there was a few, few couple of disputes, that's why he ended up making Baby Driver instead. Okay. Uh, but the script, it was written really well, and that, that does kind of bring us into performance territory a little bit. I think mm. Chris Hemsworth's yes. acting in this he's, he's got an a fantastic. lot of emotional weight in this yeah. film. Because obviously, if, at the end of Infinity War, he was one who could have stopped all of this. Mm. Yeah. He, should have, he could have gone for the head. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely brings that weight into into this film. It, the like the trauma and like feeling like it's all on his shoulders mm, because he yeah. didn't perform, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and he really brings that in. But also his comedic acting is amazing. Oh, his comic yeah. timing, yeah. yeah. And obviously, uh, to pairing him here, uh, we've seen a bit of it in Infinity War. We see a bit more of it in Endgame. So pairing him with the Guardians, very nice move. Very, very um, good. Obviously, we, uh, Ragnarok was sort of his coming out moment. Ragnarok was mm. sort of his moment to sort of say that, that this is a new direction for the character this is what I want to go down also having Taika Waititi involved in that film fantastic. as well that was one of yeah, the that was, was brilliant. one of the more unique MCU films well, yeah because he's grappled with the character for almost ten years and it's been the same it's been yeah. you know like Shakespearean not boring well, but I, it's I, just ironically Kenneth Branagh directs the first four film yeah, he had yeah. he, so he, I like that connection Gemma yeah, I like is, that connection so it is Shakespearean yeah, and yeah. I mean that was good for the first Thor film but taking that elsewhere he mm. d- he, it's like he didn't develop I mean he lost people along the way and we see that emotional weight especially in Infinity War when he realises everyone's gone Yeah, but when Ragnarok came around that was that was the moment that everyone went I really like Thor like, yeah. <laughs> you know that was a moment for me where I, you know I really invested in the character again and, and again Ragnarok had so many callbacks there was the moment where again sort of going back to Ragnarok the moment where Thor gets um, Hulk smashed Loki loses his mind <laughs> so good yes that's how it feels <laughs> the line uh, I laughed hard at that moment when I seen it in the cinemas uh, but you know, this film sort of like four is like one of the most important characters obviously mm. the comedic timing is there the emotional weight is there oh, oh, you mentioned earlier uh, Karen Gillan as Nebula she's oh. got an important role yeah. in this film unexpected important role well for me I, I've just felt from the first Guardians film that she's been on this redemption mm. the redemption role. arc yeah yeah like and I, I thought that's gonna have to get resolved at some point yeah and obviously we see that later yeah on. and to see the change because yeah. obviously she's fantastic she does a, basically a dual role yeah. with these two different personas yeah. 
I think that's fantastic. I love Karen Gillan. She's oh, Karen, fantastic. Karen Gillan is awesome in anything. I mean, obviously, we were, we were talking off it before we came on air about it. She's going to have an incredible year because obviously the oh. second Jumanji film's out in December. Mm. Yeah. She's doing great. In she's, career, she's, she's, since she went Hollywood, she's had a hell of a career. Mm. To think, five, nine years ago, she was the doctor's assistant on Doctor Who. Mm. What a career. I know. And so, like, ten years, she's been able to sort of forge a really good career for herself. Being, a, being part of the MCU has kind of helped her along in that. And also, she's done well to break away from that stereotypical Doctor Who yeah. psychic. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it seems like once once they've been in that role... Don't go anywhere else. Yeah, they don't go anywhere they're, else. They're, 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 you're associated with that character yeah. for, life. For, for life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them have gone to TV. Some of them have mm. gone elsewhere, but it's the first one to properly go truly Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting. Mm. It's exciting. Uh, obviously, the original six: Hemsworth, Ooh. Danny Jr., Johansson, Renner, Ruffalo, and the rest of the gang. How about that? Those guys. Uh... Can we talk about Renner? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't you, die. You're dying to Renner. I am. I. I love the character anyway of Hawkeye. I loved him before, but I know a lot of people didn't appreciate his character mm. before. Endgame, especially. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Case in point. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see much of him before Endgame. No, but I enjoy his. I enjoy Renner's acting in the character. I enjoy Hawkeye's persona. I love in Age of Ultron. He was given this sort of extra where he was like, "I have, you know, I have a bow and arrow. We're yeah, in like an alien attack." Like, yeah. I thought that was fantastic, and I I could see him develop. And then in Endgame, it was suddenly. He was such a massive part of the team, and you actually felt that because a lot of people are always the throwaway Avenger sort of thing. And also in Ultron, they introduced something that he had to lose that he, you know, family, yeah. exactly. And th- th- that gave him weight. Yeah, and really obviously, good setup. Ultimately, that's that does remind me because of the way that the film actually opens. That was one. That was a powerful way <gasps> to was. open it. Yeah. Very Speaking of the whole things to lose, obviously um, we've, there was still a lot of unresolved things from the end of Infinity War, a lot of characters, so we can say this is the, the rule is if it's in the first 20 minutes of the film we could say, ah, right, um, we get a dusting. Mm. We get a dusting in the first 20 minutes. And, and you see it coming and you still... You're not, re- you're not, re- you're <laughs> you're not, not ready. ready for it. It was, getting, it was getting the BBFC black card faded out. We hear Clint's voice, and then you yeah. see the family, the happy family. You know what's going to happen. It's you know what's going to happen. Then the Marvel Studios logo comes up, and you're like, oh, wow, we're going down this room. <laughs> like, Am I crying already? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's terrifying. But there, were, there were a lot of moments in the film that generally had. Uh, my jaw was dropped for like mm. a good 90% of the film. Mine's still dropped. <laughs> Mine's still there. <laughs> I guess mine would be too, Jenna. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, this film is it just incredible mm. there's, there's not it actually was one of the few films that left me speechless at the end especially after the ending knowing sort of the implications going forward uh, there are deaths in this film we're not going to tell you the deaths because we are respectful and we uh, we don't want to spoil the end game <laughs> as it were like what you did there uh, <laughs> but we, we don't want to tell you how the film ends uh, but in terms of, sort of, the, sort of the, the themes on offer I've seen a lot of, sort of people compare this to sort of being this could be the film that wins Marvel their first Oscar for best picture I mean that would be amazing but for some reason I don't see this uh, happening no, I, I can't see it <laughs> well then again Black Panther did get nominated for seven categories this year true, and won three true and Suicide Squad won an award for makeup and hair design a few years ago so it's... I'm just not sold I'm not so as much as I love it I'm not sold I mean, on the whole I can I can understand Black Panther with it being progressive in its nature in, and what exactly. it did um, but I can't see it happening with mm. Avengers purely because there the seems to be this stiff 
mentality at the top. <laughs> mm. where, well, again, 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 let's be real. Disney only the broadcasters in America who do the Oscars. They own ABC, mm. and yeah. there's been a lot of talk about sort of Disney involvement with sort of like the running of the Oscars. Last year was a whole controversy for best popular film, which would, if it had gone ahead, it would have been the award of the Black Panther one. Mm. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. Time will tell. Yeah. Tom, so, I mean, obviously, uh, that Robert Downey Jr. performance deserves all the, the acclaim. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Obviously, he's he, they built that whole universe around him. Mm. He, as he's we a centre. He's a centre for He he literally yeah he had a rebirth, a renaissance in his career as a result of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And to sort of have him play a key part in the film, as we've mentioned earlier on the show, he doesn't want to let this this, this role go, does no. he? No, not at all. He um, is Iron Man. Exactly. <laughs> I like what you did there. It's yeah, and I, I'm, I'm scared for the day they might try and reincarnate this character. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared for when they try and cast this again because inevitably they will because you've got to milk it for all it's worth. But <laughs> but it. I just can't see anyone else and I'm sure everyone to be honest everyone agrees oh yeah so, so we've, we've done the positives any negatives from the film for both of you then because <sighs> I find it I found it difficult to find any negative aspects I did I'm trying to review it yeah same impossible. Here. I've got one nitpick with the film and that is how how they dealt with the, the whole time travel travel, travel <gasps> that, yes yeah yeah, yes. yeah. it's yeah. like me and Hulk are geniuses. Mm. Uh, it's done. Like, it's like over-convoluted, yeah. kind of like they're trying to escape that traditional time travel plot that yeah. they would... Yeah. So, say, Back to the Future, yeah, got, you know? Which is literally named which in the film, is yeah. literally named, <laughs> and many others. Yeah, I've and got, I, think, I think the line is, are you telling me your whole plan is devised yeah. on Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, the, and it, they try and avoid all of these, like, bumps in the road, but it, it makes you... You have to sort of try not to come out of the film and think well that's not <laughs> you have to just invest yourself and say okay fine that's how it works yeah you've just got to let it go on and accept the in in it mm. for entertainment yeah. like you've come to see a good film just but the fact that it opens up all these new I mean it opens up timelines yeah it opens up yeah. many timelines and it's I, I don't know how they're going <laughs> to... I mean, we might see new characters emerge from those timelines. Who knows? But uh, I, I well, don't know. You say new characters, of course. Uh, the acquisition of the Fox characters is done. Mm-hmm. They are under the control of Marvel Studios now, which means Feige can bring the X-Men in if he wants yes. to. But I don't think he will, because obviously, like we say, we've got Dark Phoenix coming out in mm-hmm. June. We've got New, new Mutants is actually getting a cinema release in, right. towards the end Finally. of the year. Finally. It's been delayed so much. <laughs> uh, I think they'll give that time the X-Men universe before, yeah, before they integrate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say. Because they've, they've got to recast, they've got to, yeah. sort of find, a, they've got to find a new, a new Wolverine, yeah. most importantly. Oh, that is going to be a chore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now now Hugh Jackman's doing Broadway for two years. That's him out again. True. So uh, it's, it is very very difficult to find any faults with Endgame. It, 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 this film, I think you can understand why I gave it a masterpiece on on the show last week. Of course, yeah. Liam, you know the rating scale. You've been reviewing this. So for Gemma and for all of our new listeners coming in. On the Rip Ticket Show, we don't use star ratings because you can't see star ratings on the radio. So we've got a very flat scale. Masterpiece, go out and see it now. Should be watched, worth a watch. Wait for the DVD and avoid. Okay. So, Liam. I'm going to say a masterpiece. Oh! Yeah. You are, you are actually going to say yeah. a masterpiece. That is... I, I, let's just say I, I, I'm speechless. So, it is a masterpiece from Mr. <laughs> Liam Murphy. 
I was that surprised, but I couldn't get the effects keyed upon, so I usually I'm on the ball with this. Uh, and of course, uh, Gemma, you gave it a five star review in the paper. I did. Uh, so that obviously translates to masterpiece. I'm not going to. It does. It does. sound effects again. No. <laughs> it's uh, it's the culmination of so many years. How couldn't it be? Oh yeah. I mean, like we say, this is a, this is a film that culminates eleven years of storylines, twenty two films, sort of bringing all these characters together. This is a proper crossover comic, as it were. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of comic book films have been successful. A lot of comic book films haven't been successful. I mean, example of a comic book film that was successful purely by chance, something like Unbreakable. That was a comic book film by proxy. Mm. And then yeah. look at how poorly Glass did. So yeah. you can see that superhero fatigue is sort of catching on a little it bit. Is. Or is it anything that isn't Marvel? <laughs> well, admittedly, Disney did distribute Glass here in England because mm. the way the, the rights worked. But we can, we can we can safely say that we're not going to have anything like this again. No, no. They, they've built this so much. Obviously, we've got the TV shows. We've got we've got these films to look back on. It's just going to be a shame, sort of. No, look forward to say, oh, there's not another Avengers film in two years from now. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm quite sad because I'm. Once I saw Endgame, I was like, oh, it's fantastic, but I don't have it to look forward to yeah. now. Like it's done, and it's. I mean, obviously, these eleven years are going to be cemented in time, and it's going to be, you know, as you said, I probably mean, the biggest thing in. They are the already taking pre-orders for the Infinity Saga box set. All oh, really? films, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was quick. <laughs> said to my girlfriend, Christmas yeah. idea. Yeah, 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 I am. I, I, last year I literally bought all of them on DVD and Blu ray anyway. So Is it going to be on 4K though? Oh, I would very much like a 4K hope. release. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did get to see Endgame in 4K, so. Yeah. Uh, but it, well, that does actually remind me the IMAX cameras of people who have seen it in IMAX. They got the extra image width. So it was shot with using the IMAX cameras, so mm. the image quality would have been unparalleled there. Yeah. That's why premium large formats become a big thing. And that's probably why it did 43 million, because it's the, the, the upgrade charges for these screens. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, because I know the local, they charge £1.80 extra for, for 3D nowadays. Right. And £1.50 for, for the glasses. I personally didn't watch it in 3D. No, I couldn't watch it in 3D. I'm not a fan. I can watch it in 3D. No. I couldn't watch it in 3D because it's a three hour film. I know. My eyes would <laughs> explode. Uh, but yeah, Endgame is quite simply a masterpiece. And obviously, Mr. Carver, uh, sort of, he gave it a high go out and see it now. The reason why he was not a fan about how they treated Captain Marvel in this film. Mm. And he was a huge Captain Marvel fan. Was he? Yeah. Did he so he enjoyed the film then? Uh, uh, yeah, he enjoyed the film, yeah. yeah. I suppose as the newcomer, you'd think that the train give the character time to sh- more time to shine in the, this instalment but I can I can understand where he's coming from but I think regardless it was uh, it was an epic mm. like, it finale it truly was I think it was important to give the main Avengers the spotlight because like, yeah. she's so she's so powerful yeah. she's yeah. so powerful that <laughs> the movie would be over in about half an hour yeah. <laughs> So you've got to you've got to put them at the forefront, and I get why she disappeared. And of so course, long. now that we know that this is going to be going down, it was a very a very nice way to sort of bring her in. And of course, mm. speaking of sort of like winding things, part of the journey is the end, as they say. And unfortunately, we've got another five minutes left, which is a real <sighs> shame. This this is the thing me and Liam say every week: this hour goes by so yeah, quickly. It does. It does. Uh, but yeah, so this that is very very nearly it for the Rip Ticket Show. Uh, we're not on air next week. 
we are having some very nice upgrades being done here at Pulse Radio. Uh, a lot is being done behind the scenes. This is the very last time I'm looking at our old playout system, which has been hit and miss, but we, we've made we make the best of what we have been able to. So a lot of shows next Friday and into next week will not be on the air, so keep checking the social media pages for the respective shows. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash rip ticket show, twitter.com forward slash ripped underscore ticket. Me and Liam will be back on May 17th. Yeah. with reviews uh, I think we'll be getting Detective Pikachu uh, whatever the screen and scene will be John Wick obviously uh, yeah. Parabellum uh, quite a busy couple of weeks we've got another and our final show of the year will be on May 24th that is the end of season here on Pulse and we've, we'll be doing like a review of the year it's, we're going out with a bang uh, obviously uh, you can find Gemma on social media at Gemma Ness or you can read all of her uh, work on Pulse Media website she also runs a blog as well she she writes some genuinely good stuff from one critic to another thank you uh, I appreciate it. oh my god oh, <laughs> oh she's choking up oh, she's choking up <laughs> if something slipped out there we apologise <laughs> uh, uh, but yes uh, I guess is, we are sort of ticking down uh, we shall have uh, a little bit little something from, from A Star Is Born the opening song from A Star Is Born the Bradley Cooper one uh, so just winding it down now so my name's from Jack Smith he's been Liam Murphy she's been Gemma Nessel guest host for this week until May 17th we shall see you at the movies to take you through to 2 o'clock from the Star is Born soundtrack this is Black Eyes by Bradley Cooper we'll see you on May 17th everyone <laughs> Well, what a show that was, eh? Whole well, it was an hour on air, but I don't know how long it is cut down without the music. Um, importantly, you can find Gemma on social media at Gemma Nettle. Uh, she is now the editor in chief of Pulse Media, so she's in charge of all of the, uh, the the content that goes out on their website. I had the honour of working with her on the Review Empire project very briefly when I was there for the Masters uh, for that brief little two-month window and she's been doing some great stuff for the website alongside the entire Pulse team. Uh, by the way, you can find the Pulse Media lot at Pulse Media UCLan, uh, and I believe uh, at UCLan SU underscore media as well. Quite a few Twitter accounts to follow but if you follow me, you get all the best stuff. Uh, join us here on the podcast feed over the next two weeks for the final two RIP ticket shows recut, re-edited, repackaged for you lovely listeners. But until then, my name's been Jack Smith. You've heard me talk nonsense about Avengers with a few of my mates. Until we're back together, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>